tonight, ho-hum, another day, another scandal in Ottawa, and still no real apology from Justin Trudeau regarding Nazi-gate. It's Thursday, September 28th, 2023. I'm David Menzies, and this is the Ezra Levent Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. Another week, another scandal in Ottawa, or is it scandals plural, given that the pathetic reaction to the federal liberals regarding Nazi-gate is also downright scandalous? Good golly, it seems like it was only yesterday that the scandal du jour was Chinese electoral interference. Oh, wait a minute, what am I saying? That was two scandals ago, given that India fiasco Roman numeral two was consuming copious quantities of oxygen. But the India idiocy has been pushed to the scandal back burner, and wow, that back burner is surely groaning with the weight of so many previous scandals, wouldn't you say? In fact, it's actually hard to keep count of them all, isn't it? Yet, say what you will about Justin Trudeau, this guy has more lives than a cat. Not only does he like to cover his body with blackface makeup, but apparently he also has a layer of Teflon on his epidermis, given that nothing seems to stick to this guy. Then again, if the <laughs> mainstream media did its job and held this guy to account, maybe things would be, you know, a wee bit different in the accountability department. Did I mention that the mainstream media is actually funded by Sugar Daddy Trudeau these days? But that glaring conflict of interest, well, that's a story for another day. Incidentally, for those keeping track of the latest liberal scandal, and yes, folks, uh, this is indeed a Herculean task, given the frequency of those aforementioned scandals, the most recent one occurred last Friday in the House of Commons when History 101 challenged MPs served up a standing ovation in Parliament for one Yaroslav Hanka. Here, check out the video evidence. We have here in the chamber today Ukrainian Canadians, Ukrainian Canadian world veteran from the Second World War who fought the Ukrainian independence against the Russians and continues to support the troops today, even at his age of 98. His name is Yaroslav Hunka. And uh, I was going to say he's in the gallery, but I think you beat me to that. <laughs> But I'm very proud to say that he is from North Bay and from my riding of Nipissing to Miskaming. He's a Ukrainian hero, a Canadian hero, and we thank him for all his service. Oopsie. Uh, sorry, folks. Wrong clip. Here, check it out. Hanka is a World War II veteran. Normally, that would be a jolly good thing indeed, you know, to honor a vet with passionate ovations. 
except for one teeny tiny inconvenient detail, Hanka fought for the enemy during World War II. Yikes. As just about the entire world knows by now, Hanka is a former Nazi soldier, a veteran of the brutal Waffen-SS 1st Galatian Division. These were very nasty Nazis indeed, killing civilians and committing war crimes. The fact that Hanka somehow legally immigrated to Canada is appalling enough, but for this creep to receive a standing O in the House of Commons, well, that's truly beyond the pale. In the aftermath, the Liberals have been in damage control mode, again, for the past week. The first tangible casualty was Speaker of the House Anthony Rota. Rota invited Hunka to Parliament, and Rota boasted how this proud Canadian lives in Rota's northern Ontario riding. Uh, by the way, the origin of this invite is one of the many unanswered mysteries pertaining to Nazi Gate. Apparently, it was the Hunka family that reached out to Mr. Rota, suggesting that it would make for a whiz-bang photo op to have Hunka Sr. lauded in the House of Commons when Zelensky dropped by for a fundraiser, or I mean a visit. So the question arises, what in blue hell was the Hunka family thinking? I mean, just six days ago, this retired SS Nazi was living a nice, quiet life up in North Bay, watching the fall colors take lease. Given that this individual would have been a prime candidate for the hangman's noose once upon a time, you'd think her hunka would keep a low profile, that he would stay out of the public limelight and keep his Nazi mouth shut. You know, embrace the Sergeant Schultz communications policy. Oh, I see nothing. I was not here. I did not even get up this morning. <laughs> Did the Hunka family not consider that in this day and age of the internet, people might do a little investigating on the Googler machine and dredge up some really embarrassing details on Sergeant Hunka or whatever his rank was? Not that the mainstream media could be bothered to do so last week, mind you. It was my beloved big boss man, Ezra Levent, that got the Nazi gate ball rolling last weekend by simply doing some basic mathematics. Which is to say, if someone is fighting against the Russians prior to May 8th, 1945, uh, that means you were on the wrong side of history. Indeed, check out this clip of Rhoda introducing Hunka last Friday. Watch for a pregnant pause. Was it suddenly just dawning on Rhoda himself that, uh-oh, the chronology, it's not adding up here. We have here in the chamber today Ukrainian Canadians Ukrainian-Canadian world veteran from the Second World War who fought the Ukrainian independence against the Russians. Did you see that? It was as if the speaker had an epiphany in mid-sentence that Hanka was fighting against an allied nation in World War II. It's as though Rhoda was having a, oops, I forgot to carry the one moment when it dawned on him that it was not a good thing to be killing Russians when Honka was killing them because the Soviet Union was at war with Nazi Germany as well. Unbelievable.
Alas, the entire hunk of family is apparently hiding out in their North Bay bunker right now. Geez, as they batten down the hatches, maybe they can read the diary of Anne Frank regarding tips on how to avoid unwanted attention. Yet having Hunka in the House of Commons and lauding him was egregious enough. But the sordid way this scandal was addressed by the blackface liberals when it came to crisis management and damage control also emerged as a scandal onto itself. You see, I'm old enough to remember when an elected official would automatically apologize and resign if there was even a mere whiff of a scandal. And I remember a time when simply billing the taxpayer for a $16 glass of orange juice was reason enough to walk the political plank. But it was painful to see Rhoda cling on to his position, even when his fellow liberals were getting their knives out, Julius Caesar assassination style. Yet it took until Tuesday afternoon before Mr. Rodden, or I mean Mr. Rhoda, submitted his resignation. Uh, sorry, Tony, I'm sure you're a nice guy and a good family man and all that jazz, but a sacrificial lamb was desperately needed. And you don't think Blackface was going to volunteer himself to be thrown into the volcano virgin style, do you? Speaking of blackface, as with all political scandals, it all boils down to who knew what when. And the idea that Yaroslav Hunka was not vetted prior to Friday's visit to the House is absolutely preposterous. Let's take inventory of the facts. The House of Commons was in session. The Prime Minister and the leaders of the opposition parties were also in the House a visiting head of state who just happens to be the world's number one assassination target, he was in the house. Are you telling me that everyone in attendance that day was not double-checked, triple-checked, and quadruple-checked? I find that hard to believe. And if that due diligence was not conducted, folks, if the prime minister's henchmen simply couldn't be bothered to carry out this task, well, that also qualifies as an outrageous and egregious scandal. And much like the India fiasco, this story makes for yet another international black eye for Canada. You can almost feel our credibility as a nation simply ebbing away by the hour. Oh, but it gets worse. Liberal MP Karina Gould, who had taken part in a photo op with Hunka last Friday, she thought the best solution to this scandal was to pretend that it never happened in the first place. No, I swear. I would like to ask for unanimous consent to adopt the following motion. That notwithstanding any standing order, special order, or usual practice of the House, the recognition made by the Speaker of the House of an individual present in the galleries during the joint, joint address to Parliament by His Excellency Volodymyr Zelensky be struck from the appendix of the House of Commons debates of Thursday, September 21st, 2023, and from any House multimedia recording. Ghoulish Gould wanted the visit of Hanka stricken from the record, you know, like that season of Dallas in which Bobby Ewing died. And then it turned out that the entire season was only a dream because beloved Bobby Ewing was always alive and well in the first place. Honey, it's over. None of that happened. Yeah, so much like season nine of Dallas, let's all just pretend that what happened last Friday 
didn't happen, that it was all a dream, this business of a Nazi being lauded in the House of Commons because the blackface liberals, well, they would never allow such a heinous thing to happen like that, capiche? Sorry, Gould, this Nazi nightmare is not going to be erased from Hansard as if it were some sort of pornographic etch-a-sketch drawing. Yet the reaction by the Prime Minister to this scandal has also been gross. On Monday, Blackface took a personal day off as the scandal continued to boil. Hey, maybe the surf was up in Tofino and Blackface wanted to prepare himself for the upcoming Truth and Reconciliation holiday. Then on Tuesday, Blackface buggered off to Hogtown to address the assembly of auto parts manufacturers meeting at the Toronto Congress Centre. Once there, Blackface took the opportunity to drone on about <laughs> diversity. He just can't help himself, this guy. The clamor continued for Blackface to apologize, and yesterday he offered one of his do rigueur, phony baloney, half-baked apologies. He said, quote, on behalf of all of us in the House, I would like to present unreserved apologies for what took place on Friday and to President Zelensky and the Ukrainian delegation for the position they were put in, end quote. Justifiably, his apology on behalf of all of us was jeered by members of the opposition. After all, they had nothing to apologize for, given that they had absolutely nothing to do with this fiasco in the first place. But that's the thing with Justin, isn't it? When he apologizes for things like, you know, groping a female reporter or donning blackface, it's always a learning moment for all of us, right? It's so odd for someone who never misses an opportunity to go to bat for the pronoun-obsessed members of the Spirit Unicorn Syndicate. Trudeau so often embraces the we pronoun as opposed to the I pronoun. His odious behavior is a lesson for all of us, you see, not him. But wait a minute, millions of Canadians are not getting handsy with female reporters. Millions of Canadians are not habitually donning blackface. Why do the rest of us have to shoulder the blame as well? Well, it's because when you are a narcissist like Justin Trudeau, one subscribes to that classic Elton John song when it comes to making an apology. I'm sorry, seems to be the hardest word. Speaking of celebrities, do you know that funny man Rob Schneider said he's canceled an upcoming visit to Canada due to Nazi-gate? Wow, when Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo, is giving the cold shoulder treatment to our once great dominion, you really know blackface has really crossed the line. I think there's been a mistake. So when taking inventory, we have yet another international scandal on our hands, and we have yet another botched apology from blackface. That's all history now, so maybe we need to turn our attention to what needs to be done in the days and weeks ahead. Because maybe Hunka is just a symptom of Canada's Nazi problem. We don't really have a great record on the domestic front regarding Nazis. Let us never forget that the Mackenzie King liberals turned away genuine refugees fleeing genuine persecution in 1939. 
more than 900 mostly German Jews were aboard the cruise ship St. Louis when it sailed into Canadian waters. They were seeking sanctuary, but they were turned away. Eventually, that ship ended up back in Germany with most of the passengers being killed by the likes of Yaroslav Hanka. And to say that Hanka is a one-off vis-a-vis Nazis being admitted to Canada would be an utter falsehood. Post-war, Canada inexplicably allowed numerous Nazis to immigrate to Canada. Indeed, check out this recent tweet by former Minister of Justice Erwin Kotler. Quote, In watching the tribute paid in the House to a Nazi war criminal, I am reminded of the classic dictum of my late friend and colleague, Irving Abella, who reminded us that in World War II and its aftermath, it was easier to get into Canada if you were a Nazi than if you were a Jew. End quote. Shameful. But the fact remains, Canada has secret files regarding the number of Nazis who were allowed into Canada post-World War II. Yes, we are in the business right now of protecting the privacy of Nazis. Surely in light of Nazigate, the time has come for blackface to release the content of those files so we can find out how many Nazis like Hanka are still residing in our nation. I suspect most have died off given it's 2023, but it would be good to know who's who in Canada's Nazi zoo and we need answers. Why were these odious individuals allowed into Canada in the first place? Why are they still being protected? This would be a good time for Blackface to finally live up to his 2015 promise that the Liberal government was going to be the most transparent government in Canadian history, when in fact, the precise opposite is true. This scandal has caused so much hurt Imagine being a Holocaust survivor or a war veteran watching a Nazi being lauded in the House of Commons. I can't even imagine what my dearly departed grandfather would say, someone who spent more than five years of his life fighting the likes of Hanka. The only winner here is Vladimir Putin. We have given him a propaganda bonanza when it comes to one of his claims for invading Ukraine. You know that this is all part of denazification of that country. In the meantime, good luck to Poland, which has already started the process to extradite Hanka. You don't expect blackface to get that ball rolling, do you? After all, he tells Canadian veterans that they are asking for too much while giving Islamist terrorists millions of dollars due to them suffering from hurt feelings. Bottom line, Given the sheer litany of scandals and given that we have a prime minister who absolutely refuses to be accountable, I have yet one more question to raise. At this stage of the game, if you still plan to vote liberal in the next federal election, why? Folks, one of the very worst things about the radical transgender agenda is the war on women's sports. 
gender-bending male grifters pretending to be females are invading female sports from swimming to rugby. And when it comes to the feminist movement, well, the silence is deafening. And with more on her plight, I am joined by powerlifter April Hutchinson. Female powerlifting has indeed been invaded by loser male powerlifters. But for speaking out against this egregious injustice, it is April who is being threatened with discipline. Unbelievable. So without further ado, April, thank you so much for joining me here on the Ezra Levent Show. For those unaware of your situation, can you give us a Reader's Digest summary, please? Sure. So I guess the cold notes of what's been happening over the last year or two is um, there has been a biological male competing in uh, the female category. Um, he, he's a 40-year-old biological male. Uh, just recently, I was on the Pierce Morgan show talking about uh, how he just took, basically smashed all the records in the Masters category. He has the second highest deadlift of all time in powerlifting. Now, this person's only been training for four years, and basically world athletes, athletes that have been training for 10 years or more, have never even touched that weight for a deadlift. So I've been speaking out about this matter for about a year and a half now, and my federation has, well, the first part of it, they ignored my pleas. They basically just ignored my emails. But now they actually are sending me letters of discipline. Ever since March, I've had three letters of discipline for speaking out. Uh, the, the most recent one was about two weeks ago, saying that um, they're going to be taking it to a committee board and deciding if they're going to suspend me for basically calling the the male a biological male on tv and interviews and social media so i'm not using the pronouns uh, april this is astonishing i mean why is this being tolerated by your federation i mean with certain exceptions i think of auto racing and equestrian male and female athletes are in separate categories it is for biological reasons uh males and females are equal but we're different males tend to be stronger especially in a sport like what you're in in terms of upper body strength I would expect powerlifting is a very macho kind of, um, you know, realm. And I don't understand why the powers that be want to discipline you for what? Telling the truth as uncomfortable as it may be. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, I was talking to the producer earlier and I shared some photos with him of uh, two. Uh, first of all, the chair of ethics. Um, has a picture posted on her social media saying, I support trans lifters in powerlifting. This is a person that sent me the letter of discipline. So we're talking about a very, very biased board. I can name at least five just off the top of my head are very pro-trans and very public about it. Another board member has the same picture. Uh, they posted it on, you know, transgender recognition data. They support trans lifters in powerlifting. So how am I supposed to win when I'm not even getting a fair trial? Unbelievable. So the bias is there. Let me ask you something. Uh, certainly the Canadian authorities, uh, they're woke, they're hopeless. 
In terms of, uh, and, and I have to admit, April, I, I really don't know that much about the world of powerlifting, but in terms of the international governing body, what is their policy in terms of so-called trans women competing with real women? Yeah, so actually the IPF has been really great to work with. I've been talking with them through all of this, I mean, for the last year, um, the president, chief medical staff, they are actually the ones because you know i was talking to them for like probably six months just laying on the pressure finally they wrote the, the my federation and said you have to align with our transgender policy currently right now the cpu policy is basically an inclusion policy meaning you for example david could walk in tomorrow identify as a female lift crush records do whatever you want and then the next day you go back to being a man that is how easy and you know it's basically non-existent the policy the ipf has a better policy which is testosterone monitoring so any transgender athlete must apply first of all and be accepted then they have to be monitored a year prior to competing and then they have to continuously send in medical reports be monitored to make sure their testosterone is lower than 2.4 nanomoles now is it the perfect policy no but it's a step way big step ahead of what the policy is now no a april i don't think it's uh, a perfect policy at all i think it's inherently mm -hmm. imperfect Here's where I stand, and I echo uh, the thoughts of uh, Canadian coach Linda Blade. Um, why don't we have male, female, and other, or an open division? In other words, if you're a man identifying as a female or vice versa, if you're on steroids, other performance-enhancing drugs, you go girl or guy, as the case may be. I mean, I might even tune in to such a three-ring circus as that, uh, April. Why can't we do that? Because that wouldn't be excluding any transgender individual. You're in the sport, but you are in a division that is not affecting real biological females well and that's the thing we i don't know if you saw the news i actually was working with the strongman there was actually a male-born athlete in a strongman competition so that's like you know eddie hall you know deadlifts that crazy sport where pure strength they actually had a male going to nationals well i spoke to them i worked with them they're already going to change the policy and they actually did Exactly that. They created a separate category. So that means that individual will have its separate, um, has his separate podium and a separate category. And that is all that we have been asking for all along. So I, we have no idea why CPU is basically the only federation that's kind of going rogue and saying, well, no, they're basically bending over backwards. But, but that's what happens when you have such a biased board. You know, people have their own personal agendas on that board. And I mean, we see it all the time. So, I mean, you can't win. All we can do is keep fighting and speaking up. I mean, I'm not going to back down. That's why I started this like clothing line. I'm, I'm paying for lawyers now to, to fight the Federation. Yeah, it seems that the culture on this board is absolutely rancid. And by the way, maybe we can quickly talk about your clothing line. You know, it's funny, uh, April, uh, I see your sweatshirt says, keep female sports female. You know, I was just covering the region of Waterloo Council meeting just last night, and they actually passed a bylaw, and what it is is to prohibit 
protesters on Region of Waterloo property from wearing t-shirts, from carrying signs, anything that might be deemed offensive to the LGBTQ XYZ spirit unicorn uh, community. So in other words, if you can imagine, April, that sweatshirt, uh, if you were to wear it on a Region of Waterloo public property, you're facing a trespass notice and a $250 fine in case uh, some member of the Rainbow Mafia finds that offensive. What do you think about that? Okay, so actually, I would like to, I've thought about wearing this actually to competitions. I, I do wear it in public. I actually get a lot of high fives. I don't actually get any backlash. But if I wear this somewhere and they say it's offensive, uh, first of all, it's open for interpretations. So people can read this sweatshirt any way they want. But if they find this offensive, then I could basically come back with them and say, well, then your rainbow flag is offensive to me. So mm -hmm. there we go. I take my sweatshirt off, you take your flag down because your flag is about sexual orientation. So, I mean, that upsets me, so. Oh, April, you're dreaming in Technicolor, I'm afraid, if you think this is a two-way street. <laughs> that's not how it works, my friend. But tell me how, um, in terms of our viewers getting a hold of your merchandise, which is superb, and the money is going to a good cause, namely um, contributing to your legal fees uh, for doing the right thing against what I consider to be a rancid board running your uh, sport, uh, what is the website they would go to? So actually, the, the website, it's I actually paired up with a local company um, here in Ontario, which has been great. They're actually not even like, they're doing everything at cost for me. So any funds that I actually get from the sweatshirts or t-shirts goes directly towards me and my legal fund. Uh, for an example, a lawyer letter costs about $4,000 just to send Jeez. a letter. So um, you can see the, the link in my bio on my Twitter account. It's on my Instagram account. I can't really say what the link is now, but if you go to um, Hustle Clothing Company, that's the company that's selling the, the merchandise, or you go to my Twitter or my Instagram, and the link will be in my uh, bio. Fantastic. And also, this individual, uh, this man who is now going by the name of Ann Andres, I believe. Uh, you know, we probably have heard of sore losers, but this guy is a sore winner, and I put winner in air quotes. He has been very abusive in mocking uh, biological female powerlifters. And in fact, I think we have a, a recent clip of him going off on a rant. I guess whatever he says, uh, whatever uh, garbage he spews, uh, no problem with the powerlifting authorities there. But let's run this clip and I want to hear what you have to say about it. It is day two. I have gone away at this point. I would just like to thank the people who are uh, starting the new wave of uh, petitions and support and so forth for um, actively removing the Ontario lifter from the CPU for her continued harassment against me and for making the CPU just in general look bad. I mean, she's literally trying to get us removed from the uh, IPF. So I appreciate that. I really do. Hopefully we'll be able to cut this cancer out before it kills the host. You know, April, this this is surreal and perverse, and I believe he mocked you once. He was saying that you've got little T-Rex arms. Um, 
I can't believe this is being tolerated. Did you ever think you'd find yourself in this surreal situation? Well, no, I, I actually, a lot of those board members, uh, I thought were my friends, right? Um, part of the thing community is a very family oriented kind of close group, especially the women, right? So for some of them to actually, I guess, turn their back on me, um, you know, we all have our reasons about why we powerlift. Mine specifically, I don't know if you saw my backstory, I am a recovering alcoholic. I got into powerlifting as a way to help keep me sober. And so the CPU board just ignores my needs and all the mental health of all the women, but they bend over backwards for this one man who, you know, if he doesn't get his way, he might threaten like suicide or, you know, it's this bend over backwards for him. So, it, you know, I mean, I said that in my last tweet, it's really disheartening that they want me to lie to myself and lie to the public by calling um, Mr. Andres a woman. Um, how is that good for my integrity or, or for anyone's integrity to lie every single day? You know, I don't care if you pay me $5 million, I would never ever lie about that. Give me $5 million to do something else, but I will never back down on my belief system. Absolutely incredible. And you know, I have to tell you, April, I mean, earlier this year, we went out to the town of Fergus, Ontario. Perhaps you've seen the video. There is another male gender bender grifter in that neck of the woods. His name is Ash Davis. He is playing on a female rugby team. He is routinely injuring uh, real females. Uh, let's just uh, throw to a clip when I encountered him in Fergus. <laughs> Mr. Davis, Ash, why are you doing this? I'm David Menzies, Rebel oh, News. Hi. No, you're not really uh, a part of this. We're having a team chat now. Okay, so I'm just trying to ask some questions, ma'am. But this is not the appropriate time. For why that. are you so allowing a biological male to compete against female players? I'm not going to have a conversation with okay. you. Well, I'll talk to Ash then. Ash, do you take joy in injuring female rugby players? Are you lacking the skills to play with male players where you should be? You're a biological male, aren't you? I got you. I got you. I demand human rights for everybody. Can human rights for everybody. So there you have it. Um, the This was a rattling assignment for me, April, and it had nothing to do with the F-bombs and the middle fingers and even the physical assaults I endured that day. That's uh, kind of another day at the office for me. It was the fact that going into the assignment, I thought there might be one or two or three women on his side, but it was apparently the entire team. They were hysterical. They were on the point of tears. They were chanting trans women are real women. And it just blew me away the level of indoctrination. So my question to you, April, is when it comes to the female powerlifting community, your fellow female athletes, are they on his side or are they on team female? So majority, I'd say 90% of the Federation are on my side. I get a lot of behind the scene messages. Thank you so much. A lot of people are afraid to speak up because they feel like, you know, they might get threatened to get, get kicked out or they might lose their job or something. 
So I am basically the voice. I'm literally the only female athlete besides Linda Blade back in the day that has come out and spoken out against this. So a lot of people kind of stand behind me, right? There are, There is a small group of women that are on that side, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I don't argue with them because everyone is, you know, has the right to their opinion. But when it comes down to biology, it's bodies. I've said this many times. It's bodies that play sports, not identities. Um, so when they start, you know, yelling trans rights or human rights, which I hear all the time, I know that we know that trans rights have right or trans um, have rights, but so do women. We all have rights. No one is asking to ban them. We just want a separate category. I'm actually a very compassionate person. Um, I have friends in the in the community, in the LGB plus community. You know, um, so when it comes down to sports, it's just a separate issue. And, and they have to understand that. They shouldn't be using it as a, a personal agenda or that I'm attacking because it's not the case at all. And, and April, on that point, what is the rebuttal when you suggest, look, uh, I'm not trying to exclude anyone from powerlifting or any other sport, just have a separate division. Then we're all happy. You know, the sanctity of women's sports is safe and they're not excluded. What is the blowback against that argument? So that's what happened with the strongman sport. Great solution. Everyone can play the sport, but now they come back and say, well, now we have to out ourselves. You know, if there's a separate category, we're outing ourselves. That makes us like vulnerable to be get, to get hurt or, and I'm like, well, you know, that's the consequence you, I guess you have to pay if you want to play sports. Like you just don't come in and, and take our, our sports and our spaces. Like you just can't trample on women, right? We're trying to be fair to everyone. And that's the best solution is to have a separate category. I mean, you could spin and make this into a positive and be like, hey, I could be a spokesperson for the transgender community. I could be a role model. I could even start my own federation. There's so many things you could do in a positive, but they they just want, you know, it's like it's very one-sided, right? So. Yeah, they really want everything. Um, and yeah. April, as I alluded to in the introduction, where or where is the feminist movement. We have women's sports under attack. We have women's shelters under attack. Female penitentiaries are welcoming in biological males, and you can imagine what's going wrong there. This is absolute insanity, and it seems as though uh, either, uh, I don't know if it's third or fourth wave feminism, they're so totally woke, they subscribe to the theory that trans women are real women. But this is an attack on women's safe spaces, as far as I can tell. They should be out there protesting this at every event, but they're AWOL, why? Well, I know, well, that's the thing, back in the day, there was feminist fighting to be equal to men and to, you know, girls wanted to play. I remember there's a girl in my hockey or in high school that wanted to play on the boys team, right? Fought so hard to be, play with the boys. So it's now it's, it's turned full circle, right? So. Um, yeah, and it's unfortunate, like, even though my passion is sports, I still believe, you know, um, that men should not be in prisons and shelters, um, you know, bathrooms. So, I mean, it's not just a single, uh, it's not just a single event that I believe in, right? So, I mean, we do need more women to speak out. Um, I do think, too, a lot of women are very more, um, what's the word, more nurturing, right? More compassionate, more soft. You also have a lot of women or just people in general 
that side with say the left is because you know this got it was almost like a hot topic during covid right everyone was at home everyone was on TikTok. um there's a lot of loners in life that just want to be accepted you know whether it's that person that was never good at sports or that person that was maybe overweight or you know they a lot of those people unfortunately do jump on that bandwagon and support that side you know it the world we live in april it's as though not even the mad geniuses at Monty Python could come up with this kind of narrative. It would be too outrageous. One last thing about uh, Anne Andres, um, and I'm not saying this to be mean or funny or anything like that, but is there, do you suspect, a degree of mental illness with this individual, or is this a dude who, if he was competing against male powerlifters, he's not a champion, he's not setting records in that category, so he is grifting the system. I think it's one of two things. What say you? That's, that's a hard one. I mean, I, I can't speak for him. Um, could he have mental illness? Sure. I mean, I do know if he did play with the men that he would be probably number, I think I looked it up, it'd be number 6,000. She would even, you know, um, you know, a lot of people could look at me and go, well, you have a mental illness because you're a recovering alcoholic, right? So I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose what's a mental illness um, or narcissism or what have you. But I mean, definitely there is a reason why, um, you know, I can't say for sure. And April, I guess one last question looking ahead. Uh, where is this all headed? Is there going to be some kind of uh, court uh, action regarding um, how your federation is treating biological women, yourself included? Um, in other words, uh, what are the, the legal fees that you're raising? What is that in anticipation of? Yeah, so right now I'm raising money um Icons, uh, Marshy Smith with Icons is also contributing. Linda Blade and uh, ICFS are also contributing funds um, for my lawyer fee. So um, first we're gonna be replying to their letter of discipline that I have until October 5th to respond to. Uh, and then I guess it goes to a committee, they vote on it, and then I will find out my, my fate by October 18th. So what will happen after that if I get suspended? Yes, I'm very, um, very positive that there will be some type of um, definitely legal action. I don't want to say right now, but put it this way. If I wasn't powerlifting or if I wasn't part of the CPU, I'm still going to be talking out about this and speaking up. I will never give up. And I mean, it's just one sport, right? But guess what? Other sports will model this policy. So, I mean, I have two nieces to look after. My boyfriend has three girls in college. So I'm looking out for the future of a female sports by doing this. Well, you have a fantastic spirit, April. And uh, as I said earlier, just make sure you stay out of Waterloo region with a shirt like that, uh, saying keep female sports female. That's now a hate crime in that neck of the woods. April, you are, if you don't mind me saying, a strong, beautiful, courageous woman. Don't bend the knee to this insane wokeism. Keep up the fight and please stay in touch with us in terms of any future developments with your case, will you? I will for sure. I'll, I'll know more at the end of October. But thank you so much, David. It's been an honor to speak with you. You're like my favorite reporter ever. Oh, you're, you're, you're too kind. The, the honor's all mine. Thank you so much again, April Hutchison.
plenty of feedback regarding Ezra's show yesterday regarding, well, you guessed it, the ongoing litany of scandals in Ottawa, thanks to Prime Minister Blackface and company. Nikolai Joker, MVP 15, writes, Not one politician has managed to anger so many people in such a short span of time. You know, that's a good point. I'm old enough, though, to remember Trudeau Sr., Pierre Elliott Trudeau. He made people's blood boil, let me tell you, Joker. But I think you're right. I think Junior has Trump Sr. in the anger department. Unbelievable. Bernard Zelensky. 3491 writes, is there anyone left in Canada who he hasn't called names? Oh, yeah, Rainbow Community, the new WEF agenda for all of us, his no-gender socialist society. That's never going to happen here. People are on to him. I feel for the gay and trans community being used in this way. He has gone too far. And you know something, the, the perversely ironic thing? Let's not forget, it was members of that community who were also rounded up, like the Jews, like the gypsies, and exterminated during the Holocaust. Incredible. Lava1964 writes, I can't imagine too many Muslims would take offense at being called any sort of phobe. I wish most of us would be as thick-skinned. You know, the, the, I think it's amazing, folks, what's happened in terms of the Muslim, Christian, and even Jewish dynamic. Suddenly, all of us are together on the same side, at least when it comes to the indoctrination over education in our school boards. It'd be kind of nice if the ministers of education across our dominion would wake up, smell the coffee, get the message, and end this radicalized agenda once and for all. Well, folks, that is it for this edition of the Ezra Levant Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. The big boss man, Ezra, he'll be back in studio tomorrow. In the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane.